Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Old-time Big Ten football. Yeah. Touchdown, Purdue! That is not how you wanted it to go, did you? That's not how I thought it was going to go. I thought it was going to be much different. I thought it was going to be a Purdue win. I even thought there, as the fourth quarter was winding down, that it was still going to be a Purdue win. But here we are, talking about a loss to start the 2023 season. Welcome in to another edition of Behind the Rails on the Believe Network. I'm your host, Bryce Vance. As you can see on the graphics scrolling behind me, yes, Fresno State upends Purdue 39-35 in week one of the college football season. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you follow the channel on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Overcast, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Follow me on social media for clips of the show and um, some Purdue analysis that you don't find here. I tweeted out you know, a handful of times throughout the game today, especially on some of the bigger plays. So uh, I'm going to be trying to get uh, more Purdue commentary as the weeks go along here. So, ah, man, not how you thought it was going to go. Not how I thought it was going to go. I thought, man, they're coming out of the tunnel. Ryan Walters has got some swag, got the shades on, kind of running down the tunnel, really wanted to get out there, was kind of bumping back and forth with the players as they were about to take the field. And, man, it got off to a good start. There's a lot that I want to get into, the good start, the okay middle, the bad third quarter. And the fourth quarter that showed you that this team isn't going to stop fighting, at least. And some good things came out of it. Some things were just out of their control with the injuries. And coming into this game, you knew it was going to be, um, you were going to be behind the eight ball a little bit, especially on offense with some of the guys that were going to be out. And you didn't know Josh uh, Kaltenberger was also going to be out. So you're down to your third-string center, and then you had your fourth-string center playing um, early on, I think, in the third quarter after he go, after Austin Johnson, the, the Colorado transfer, goes down. And, man, that's that's tough. That's a tough way to open a season. Um, communicating with a Purdue fan who was at uh, the game today, and uh, you'll see his photo from the game uh, coming up on the, on the next week's preview show. If you have any photos from the game, uh, if you were at the game, uh, one of the listeners here, um, I'll throw your photo up on the screen as we get going here uh, de- deeper into the season. But man, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Let's uh, let's go. Uh, let's get into it. Y- you start off with a good 
three and out. You see Marcavius Brown make uh, a play to end the first drive. And you're thinking, man, this guy is here to play. And he was one of the bright spots on that defensive side of the ball today, on, in that def- defensive secondary. He was one of the bright spots. Um, Dylan Thieneman also um, had a, a few moments, including the interception that allowed Purdue to get back into that game and take the lead in the fourth quarter. Outside of those two guys, not a lot to hang your hat on. Um, And that was the question mark coming in. This was the matchup that I was really honing in on, is can this new crop of wide receivers for Fresno go up against this Purdue secondary that has a lot of new faces, a lot of new guys, um and they really it I mean it wasn't even the whole secondary. I mean Jalen Gill had a, a few big plays, but it was Eric Brooks, man. I mean, that guy is a stud for only being 5'7, 190 pounds. That dude was all over the place. And there was nothing Purdue could stop him to do to do to stop him. They put multiple guys on him. I, I They put Marquise Lewis on him. They put Marcavius Brown on him. They put Cam Allen on him. Nobody, nobody stopped him at all. And that's where this game kind of goes down to. They couldn't stop him on third down. I think there were 11 of 17 on third down, where Purdue, I think, converted like three, maybe five third downs all game. That's That's the difference of this game. Purdue could not get off the field at all. I thought Purdue's defense, run defense, was great. I mean, except for they started to wear down in that third quarter, but still, they were able to really contain Sherrod. Uh, River never really got going on in the ground game consistently. I thought that was a good sign. But Outside of a handful of times, I think in the first half, they've never really got pressure on Mikey Keene in that second half. Now, I think the game plan for Fresno State was a lot of quick passes, a lot of slants. I mean, those slants just killed Purdue all day long. That was just backbreaker after backbreaker, and it felt like Purdue could not do anything, anything to stop it. And then you're thinking man, maybe bring the secondary up a little bit, shot over the top, or have OC Brothers covering Gill on a on a play. Not, not great there. I mean, I think those are the things that are going to get cleaned up here from week one to week two. And I, like a lot of media people, coaches, think that you're going to make a big jump from week one to week two, because now you have game film against somebody else other than yourselves. And you're going to be able to see that big jump from week one to week two. Can Purdue limit the mistakes, the mental mistakes, the miscommunications, um, even along the offensive line, there was miscommunications and, and I get it. But when, when Hudson card is hit on the third down throw, and it was going to be a first down, I think. It was right before Fresno took the lead, I believe. That's a spot where it was just a free rusher. Guy fakes to the outside, cuts back in, goes right between the guard and the tackle. And at that point, the offensive line had been shuffled around a, a, a couple of times that, man, 
those things you hope get corrected by the time you're in Blacksburg next Saturday. I I think the defense showed where its strengths are going to be, and that's going to be in the run game. And I think that is going to be a thing that they can carry forward with them and be a positive because going up against some of the Big Ten teams that they're going to face this year, they have some really good running backs. Fresno State, not world beaters, and they don't have the type of talent that Wisconsin with Braylon Allen is going to have, that uh, Michigan is going to have with Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and, and the, the the three-headed monster that Ohio State has. It's, it's going to be, I think, a little bit more difficult, but I think they showed signs of what they could be capable of front. But that secondary is still a mess. It's a mess. Um, Cam Allen missed I don't know how many tackles today. I, I know two that stand out on bigger plays, one of them being a third down that, that early in the game that could have ended a drive. And Dylan Thieneman missed a couple of plays before he ended up kind of redeeming himself with that interception, a fantastic play, by the way, to, to come over there. I thought he was just going to come over and make the tackle, but he comes over and gets the interception, gets one foot down, and just an unbelievable play. Unbelievable play. Um, and that's why he is in the starting lineup. And I think he's going to pay, pay dividends um, for the next few years because I said it, Ryan Walters has an eye for talent. I think Thieneman and Marcavius Brown were your two best guys in the secondary. Marquise Wilson had some plays, um, but it, it feels like that those two guys are going to be huge for uh, for this defense, and you just need the other guys to step up. And I didn't really see a whole lot from Sanusi Kane in, until the very end. Um uh, he got hurt on one play, but came back in and, and I think uh, maybe missed on a tackle or or was was close to making a tackle. Uh, just really didn't feel like I saw a whole lot of, of Clyde Washington either. Uh, I think he had one big, big tackle there in the second half, but really didn't see a whole lot outside of Brown, Thieneman, and, and the guys up front. Those guys up front um, and OC Brothers, he was kind of all over the place today. I thought he played very well. Uh, filling in the gaps, um, cutting off that running game. It's just, I think we need more pressure. Uh, it, and I and I get it. They're probably gassed. I, I think they had uh, almost double the time of possession. I, I wrote it down here. They had going into the fourth quarter, Fresno State had 28 minutes of time of possession and Purdue had 16. So they were worn down. They were tired. And first game of the year, your conditioning's not at at the top notch level yet. They were worn down, and you just saw you saw that late in the third quarter. Thieneman makes the play early in the fourth to stop another drive. But then on that final drive, Fresno State is moving the ball. They're doing the slants. They're you know getting some bigger plays on the outside on the edges. Mikey Keene is able to move around um, and make some plays. And it's just, man, they are just getting gashed for for slant after slant. And it, it finally broke when you had a play over the top there uh, for, for the touchdown. And, man, 
That's that's brutal. And the the, the questionable thing coming in was that second. And they got gashed a lot today. I know it's a lot of short stuff and a lot of stuff that's that's quick, and the pass rushers can't really get there and affect that uh, all too much. But there was just nothing in that mid, you know, eight to to twelve yards. There was just so much green grass there that Fresno State couldn't miss. Uh, it, there were so many times that Mikey Keene, I think, threw like nine passes com- that were completed in a row. That's just that that can't happen. That can't happen against better opponents. And Fresno State's a good team. I I, I told you that this was going to be a challenge for Purdue, and they provided a big challenge. Hopefully, Purdue grows from this, and I think they will. But there's a lot of things to work on, specifically on on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's the the biggest takeaway I have today is that defense really struggled, especially in the back end. And it was questionable coming in, and you hope it improves. You hope the guys that stood out today can stand out, um, continue to stand out, and while the others um, better their play because it was, was not a great performance in that secondary at all. Let's uh let's switch to the offensive side of the ball, which had its own question marks. I I thought they started off well. You score uh, three times in the first half. Uh, you get a game uh, leading drive in the fourth quarter with Hudson Card making huge throws, especially him in that connection with Burks was pretty much the only. Um, I shouldn't say the only thing that was working for that offense, but it kind of was outside of those big plays. There wasn't a whole lot of consistent connections with a whole lot of other receivers. Um, Those big plays with Burke, especially on that first drive, you thought, man, this is what we signed up for. This is why we got Graham Harrell. This is why we got Hudson card. This is the Purdue offense. We came to see high flying is going to score quickly, big plays through the air. Uh, there's not going to be any sort of tough transition from Brom to this type of offense. We're going to just be high flying. That, that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. They, uh, they got the uh, big, I think the the big punt return. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a sack that pushed Mikey Keene back near the goal line. And then it was a shanked punt. And then there, I think next drive that they scored on um, was a short one. So they really didn't have a whole lot of total yards of offense um, on the day. But I just think that with the way that this offense is is going to need to improve is to get the ball more to Maccabee. There was no sign of him after he fumbled the ball early on. I don't know whether he was benched because of it or if they were really trying to establish the passing game, or they were trying to go with Tracy Jr. or or Dylan Downing and trying to establish them more. But there was no sense of any running game, no sense of trying to get Maccabee back in the game or get him going at all. He finally was able to break off some chunks in, in the fourth quarter. I think his biggest run of the day was like 22 yards. Outside of that, there was really nothing to go on. I know. They got him involved in 
the passing game the first play. Um, but outside of that, man, there just wasn't really a whole lot of him getting in. And I I think that it kind of hurt the the flow of this offense at times because he had that short drive uh, early in, in the first half. And then you had the the kickoff um, return for a touchdown by, by Tracy Jr. to start the second half, which I thought he stepped out of bounds for a hot second. I thought they were going to review it. Didn't review it. So, and that puts him up and it puts him up by 11 early in that third quarter. So you felt like you had a whole lot of momentum on your side. Then Fresno State gets back in the game, ends up taking the lead. And I thought that on, I think it might have been the, yeah, it was the second drive where Purdue gets into the red zone and they get all the way up to the one. Run play, up the middle, run play, up the middle, stuffed. Run play, up the middle, stuffed. Luckily, they get bailed out with a pass interference. I think it was on third down. Try to run it up the middle again. Nothing. They finally end up getting in there after Tracy punches it in. But that was, there was no push from the offensive line. They got stuffed every single time. and. Credit Jake Butt on the broadcast for for the Big Ten Network. He was like, try something else. And and there was just no other play that they really tried. In that fourth quarter, um, when they ended up getting stopped on fourth down, on on a play up the middle, the third down play in that fourth quarter was, was a quick out to Elijah Canyon. And it was it was it was caught, but then he dropped it. Um, I thought it was a touchdown at, at at first. Hudson Card has to get that ball out sooner, so that Canyon can actually bring the ball in because he caught the ball and it was he kind of had to hold it up here, and the DB um, ended up knocking it out of his hands. So this offense inside the five was was not good play calling by harrell was not good trying up the middle especially when you have transfers at guards you have a transfer third string center at at center and you're not getting any push try to the outside try a toss to mockaby and let him make somebody miss put hudson card on the move and allow him to either run the ball or or make a throw with his after he scrambles for a, a few seconds there was just no creativity down there at all. It was just run the ball up the middle, run the ball up the middle, stuffed, 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 time after time. It was not good, not good play calling in that respect. Outside of that, I thought Harrell called a, a pretty good game. But inside the five, find something else because that wasn't working. None of that was working at all. Um, other other things that kind of were impressive day one. I thought card for the most part was was what you wanted. I think on the second touchdown pass to Burks, I thought was was pretty good. He stood in there, didn't rush. He looked calm in the pocket and threw a dart. Uh, and he got he threw it in there before I think it was 
Uh, Lockridge was able to come over and, and make a play on it. Um, so it was an easy pitch and catch there. He, he didn't really look all that flustered in the pocket at all. Didn't look frustrated at all. Uh, I thought he used his legs smartly um, and, and did some good damage with his legs and showed the capability there. Maybe you start to see a little bit more of that as the season goes on. There wasn't a whole lot of design runs called for him. So in one aspect, I think you're trying to maybe save him. So it, it doesn't, you know, he doesn't get hurt first game of the year, but you, you still show that he has that type of capability. So I, I thought there were some good things. I, I thought the offensive line as a whole outside of the, the five yard line and a couple of miscommunications, um, but that was after Johnson was out. I thought the offensive line held up pretty nicely. I thought they really struggled for that inside running game, but when they were able to get outside the tackles, I thought Maccabee, I thought Downing was able to make some plays. Tracy had a, a few different runs that I thought were good. So I, I think there was some positivity. Once you get Gus Hartwig back in, once you get Garrett Miller back in uh, to the fold on that offensive line, I think you're going to be able to run the ball more efficiently. And I think that you're going to be able to use Hudson card and hopefully he develops a connection with Miller. Max Claire had had a couple of good plays today. Uh, I thought um, they didn't really use him uh, a ton, but outside of Burks, uh, man, I'm just trying to think of somebody that really, really stood out and I, and I could be, could be missing something. Um, but for Harold, man, I, I just think that they need to try and get some other things going. Ryan Walters, his debut. What did I think of it? Obviously, you don't want to start your career off with a loss. Now there's going to be more added pressure. When is he going to get that first win? You kind of had it in your hands, in your grasp for for a hot second in that fourth quarter where you thought, all right, we're going to get this. But there was just some decisions that I thought maybe weren't the greatest in in the time. And it and it's hard to kind of judge um, right in the moment because maybe you don't get the full picture. But I think when Devin Maccabee, um actually did score, I think on their second drive, that, that's a clear touchdown. The broadcast showed he lands on the goal line with the ball landing right on the goal line. He is down on the goal line. That's a touchdown. The The one ru- inside running play that worked was the first one, but then they kept trying to go after uh, the same play after that. I think, I know they were trying to get, because he was marked down by the officials and they didn't review it, but somebody has to be in his headset to say, wait a second, guys, let's, because the play that they ran, they ran a, a play right after that. and. I think that was when they eventually got bailed out and then Tracy ends up punching it in after the pass interference gives him another fresh set of downs. But I think somebody needs to be in his ear. Like let's not rush and try to run another play right after that. Maybe that's a Herald decision, but somebody has got to say something or somebody from the booth has got to be looking at the monitor, the television broadcast and thinking, 
okay, hey, hold on, let's wait, because they ran a play like in the next 15 seconds, you had 40 seconds on the play clock to, to maybe stop that play, have a review, and it would have been a touchdown. So I thought that was just a little bit of, of a questioning um, decision there. I thought, I think it was, yes, first half, third, and I think three or four, there's a holding call. And they decide it was, I think, an incomplete pass. So it would have been fourth down. It was on Purdue's side of the field. So Fresno State might have gone for it and and continued the drive because it was late in the second half. But Purdue ends up taking, accepting the penalty. It's third and 15 now. And Fresno State runs a screen. And the screen goes for 16 yards first down. Fresno State ends up scoring, I think, on that drive. They might have scored. It's it's kind of all running together. That was such a wild sequence there at the very end. Um, but no, it was the when they drove down and they ended up missing the field goal. But then Purdue rarely ran, barely ran off any time, and Fresno State got the ball back and then ended up making a 52 yarder um, later on. So, man, that was just a wild kind of minutes that felt like they were mismanaged a little bit and you got to hope that this is these are some of the mistakes that get fixed and maybe they're not even huge glaring mistakes but they kind of add up over time because you know eventually you know Tracy bails out that first one and they get a touchdown or they get bailed out by the PI and then Tracy ends up punching it in but then you know, it just it just feels like there was not a lot of, of of things for this offense to really take advantage of or move the ball efficiently um, and get first downs when they needed to. I mean, they were just not good on third down today. Uh, and it felt like they had some plays that were um, going to be uh, for first downs, but they ended up being either dropped or just – Heart card was pressured a little bit, and I, I I thought that this offense as a whole was going to be a little bit better outside of the connection between um, Burks and Card. That's the the biggest takeaway from today um, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, special teams, you got to be happy with uh, Tracy Junior's kickoff return for a touchdown made one guy miss, uh, then beat the kicker. Uh, Freehill missed a field goal that. You know, could make this could have made a difference in the end. Maybe Purdue's going for a uh, field goal at the very end instead of uh, of a touchdown. But you never know if that's how it's going to play out. So I, I thought there was a lot, some positives moving forward, and maybe this is the life of a Purdue fan that you're just in it to the very end, and then disappointment follows um i know that's how a lot of people were feeling as they're leaving ross aid today that coaching change happens but purdue football remains the same hopefully that's not the case moving forward hopefully hopefully this team improves from this because if 
some of these things that we've talked about here today don't get better, if that secondary does not improve, if there's no run game to be to speak of, if there's nobody else outside of Burks that starts to uh, be a reliable, consistent target for Hudson Card, and there's no consistent pass rush, especially in second halves of games, it's going to be a long year. I'm hoping that it's not a long year. I don't think it's going to be a long year. I think there's still time, obviously, still plenty of time. Week one, like I said, the biggest jump for a lot of teams is from week one to week two. Hopefully Purdue sees that next week at Virginia Tech next Saturday. We're going to preview that game and maybe get a little bit more out of this game that happened on Saturday. But hopefully see a better result when Purdue hits the road for the first time this season. We'll recap that on Thursday. Thank you so much for tuning in to the show today. I've been your host, Bryce Vance. This has been another edition of Behind the Rails of Purdue Football on the Believe Network. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to the podcast, wherever you watch the podcast, if it's on YouTube, or if you watch it on Facebook, or just watch the clips on TikTok or Instagram or on X as well. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll see you guys on Thursday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.